Good morning. You are listening to Action Line, although I guess it is closer to noon. I'll never quite figure out which one of those I want to say. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me today, I have Mike Satry and Heather Nelson from the Hecla Greens Creek Mine. How are you both doing today? Uh, good morning, Jordan. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, good morning. Doing good, Jordan. That's good. I was going to say, it's, I was going to make a comment that it still looked nice out, but I mean, it's, I don't know, I guess it stopped the, the little bit of snow it was doing. I guess we're back to a neutral weather outside. Now, there's a couple things I want to talk to you guys about. The first big one I actually really want to hit is that there's that public comment period today with the U.S. Forest Service. So why don't you talk to me a bit about that? No, we, we can do that. But look, first, let's just take a moment to introduce ourselves. So, Which is also a yep, uh, so I Mike, Mike Satry, I'm the Director of Governmental Affairs for Hecla Mining Company. I started out uh, at Greens Creek uh, actually in April of 1999 as a geologist and worked my way up over the years. And then uh, just a few years ago, uh, took on an external affairs role. Uh, for Greens Creek and now for the company. But I grew up here in Juneau, went to Juneau Douglas High School. It was really neat to be able to come back and, and work at the mine uh, in the community that I loved. And then a few years ago, we hired Heather Nelson. So Heather, I'll let you introduce yourself. Um, yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, my name is Heather Nelson. I am the Community Affairs Manager for Hecla Greens Creek. I have been with Greens Creek for the last three years. I actually moved up in the start of the pandemic so that was kind of an interesting time into the human resource department and then over the last year um, i've been rolling into the community's affairs department so it's been fun to become more of an intricate part of juno in the community and i'm happy to get out there and support it however we can Yep. And, you know, as you mentioned, we do have a, um, there, there is a public meeting uh, tonight for the public comment period on a proposal that we have to expand our tailings facility. But maybe, uh, so the listeners can understand that a little bit more. Let me let me back up from maybe a high level. Uh, talk about uh, Hecla and, and Greens Creek, what we do and, and why we do, you know, require an expansion of our, our dry stack tailings facility out there on Admiralty Island. So uh, Hecla as a company is a little bit of an anomaly in the industry. We're a 131-year-old American mining company. Our corporate headquarters are in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We have mines, uh, you know, here in Alaska, Idaho, uh, and Quebec, and some properties uh, uh, in the Yukon, uh, Montana, Colorado, uh, and down in Mexico. But we are the largest producer of silver in the United States. We produce 40% of the domestic supply of silver. And that's really important in in today's uh, world as we look to move towards a renewable economy, try to find ways to have less uh, car, uh, car, uh, greenhouse gas emissions, you know, solar panels are a, a massive part of that effort. And it takes over half million ounces of silver just to have one gigawatt of power from solar panels. So as that demand for solar panels continues to to grow, uh, there, you know, the, the need for the silver that uh, Hecla produces becomes more and more. But we also produce uh, lead, uh, zinc, and gold from our, our various operations. So the Greens Creek operation is, is our flagship mine. And, and the Greens Creek produces 30% of the domestic supply of silver in the United States. Uh, but we have a, a, a polymetallic ore body that also has uh, lead, uh, zinc, and, and gold. So we've been mining since um, uh, 1989 is when uh, the first production started. There was a brief uh, period of time in the early 90s when we were shut down uh, due to low metals prices. Uh, but we were still exploring. We were still developing the mine, moving it forward. So in 96, when we reopened, uh, we we were able to, to you know hit the ground running and been in, in uh, production ever since. Hecla originally was a 30% partner in the mine, but in 2008, they bought out the remaining 70%. So we've been the 100% owner-operator of the mine uh, since that time. So, you know, right now, 
Uh, when you look at our mining operations, we've got about 500 people out there. Uh, last year, we produced uh, just shy of 10 million ounces of silver, uh, about 52,000 tons of zinc, uh, almost 20,000 tons of lead, and not quite 50,000 ounces of gold. So lots of people, lots of metal being produced. Uh, we have folks that go underground every day uh, to break the rock, to break the ore, that then comes out through our, through our mill, and we make a concentrate from that. We make lead concentrates and zinc concentrates and a bulk concentrate that we sell in the worldwide markets that they can further smelt and refine the metal. But there's always a piece that's left over, and that's our tailings. And that's why I'm getting to our, our dry stack tailings expansion. It takes a little bit to get there. But um, the tailings is the waste material that's left after our ore goes through the mill process. And it does has some of the metals that we couldn't recover and also has a fair amount of iron as well. Uh, and roughly half of that tailings is mixed with cement and placed back underground to fill the voids that we've mined so we can mine alongside or underneath or above uh, the ore that we, we had mined out previously and, and maximize the extraction of the ore. But we can't put everything underground, so some of it has to stay on surface. And so we have a, a dry stack tailings facility. Uh, so we take those tailings, we dewater them um, down to about 12% moisture. We truck them down uh, to our facility, um, you know, uh, adjacent to Hawk Inlet, and we place those tailings in thin lifts, compact them so that ultimately it'll be very hard for water and oxygen to move through them over time. And, you know, and that's, that's where we have that permanent emplacement of tailings. As the mine has grown over the years, you know, when it opened in 1989, uh, it was had projected to maybe have a seven to eight year mine life, and here we are in 2023. And so we've had to expand that waste facility as we've discovered more ore, as we mine more and more tons each and every year, you know, we're going to have more waste that we have to uh, put, put into the facility. And this will be the third time uh, that we've expanded the facility. There was um, uh, EIS in 2002, 2003. We had another one in 2013, 2014. And now here we are in 2023 looking for another expansion. Okay. As I say, thank you for catching me on the forgetting to let you introduce yourself. Sometimes my news brain just wants to hit what I want to hit very quickly. And so I appreciate that. But no, I think it's good to explain some of the background for why there is that Taylor's expansion and what's going on there. And so and I want you to sort of maybe comment a bit more about the importance of that public comment period, because obviously we want the public wants to have a say in a lot of these things because they always have their concerns. You're going to have that from pretty much everyone across the spectrum on these kinds of issues. And so what is kind of, I guess, the phrase I'm looking for is like, what is the hope with this public comment period tonight? Because that's from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Well, you're absolutely correct. Public comment is incredibly important, and that's really the foundation of you know our modern environmental laws, uh, the NEPA process in particular. The the public can weigh in on a proposal that uh, that could impact them. And and what's interesting is if you go back to that 2013 EIS, we had asked for a significant expansion that would have kept us from having to come back to the permitting well every few years. Uh, but the public commented, and the stakeholders engaged, and they said they had some concerns about us. Uh, moving further into Admiralty Island uh, National Monument. And so at that time, there was a very limited uh, uh, decision, that, a record of decision that was made that allowed us, you know, to have some additional years, but told us we had to come back with essentially a better idea. So we, we listened to that public comment. And now we have a proposal that really minimizes our, our footprint. Uh, we've made sure that it avoids new monument disturbance. Uh, it avoids direct disturbance of any fish bearing streams that are adjacent to us. It avoids construction of a new remote facility where we'd have to manage uh, multiple facilities over time and make sure we continue that same dry stack method that we've been 
been using that's really looked at as best practices for dealing with uh, tailings in, in, in today's world. So we listened to that input in 2013. We now have this proposal on the table. Uh, the the uh, public comment period started uh, at the end of last month. It's going to go until May 8th. So this is tonight uh, is the public meeting where folks can come in. Uh, the Forest Service uh, experts will be there. Their permitters will be there. They'll have maps and poster boards and be able to talk about what our proposal is, what the various alternatives are. They'll be able to answer questions throughout that time, and then people can submit their uh, public comment, uh, you know, uh, via email or via letter, you know, at the uh, addresses that are out there. We have links to all of that information on our website, greenscreekpermitting.com. It explains our proposal. It uh, it has uh, the location of the public meeting tonight at the Forest Service offices on, on Back Loop Road. It has the uh, email addresses and the snail mail addresses to put your public comment in. And it also has our talking points and some sample letters if you want to support what Greens Creek is proposing. So greenscreekpermitting.com has all that information. Okay, and then this is a thought that occurred to me that would be probably good. Well, first I'd like to say for those that do not know, the ESI is the environmental, the EIS is the environmental impact statement. But I think one key question here would be maybe explain what a tailing actually is for those who don't know. So tailings is the material, you know, and, and I talked about this a little bit before, that is left over after you put ore through our milling process. So when we bring rock out of the, uh, the ore out of the mine, the, the valuable material out of the mine, it goes into the mill where um, it, it uh, is reduced to basically uh, the grain size of, of flour. And then we put it into cells where we play with the pH and put in some soap-like uh, chemicals and we float the metals to the top and we keep concentrating those metals. And then the tailings is the material, the uneconomic material that we can't put in to our concentrate. So that that tailings has a little bit of silver, a little bit of gold, a little bit of lead, a little bit of zinc, a whole lot of iron, you know, some some quartz, some carbon, some other things. But it's it's the uneconomic material that's left after we've extracted the metal from the ore. Okay. We are gonna have to take our break. When we come back, I'll be asking you a couple more questions about the mine, kind of some more general operation stuff, and then also kind of talking about some more questions in relation to that tailing. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. Welcome back to Action Line. I am still your host, Jordan Lewis. You never know. Juno is Juno, and things change a lot. Joining me still, I have Mike Satry and Heather Nelson of Hecla. Now, we talked a lot about the tailings expansion in the public comment period because that was really the big thing I wanted to hit today. But let's also talk kind of like an overview of the ops. What's going on there? So, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about, about our production from last year. And, you know, we have, you know, roughly uh, 500 employees that are out there at Greens Creek. You know, we're the only mine that uh, operates in a national monument. We're, we're pretty proud of that. But, you know, in addition to, you know, what we, what we do every day out there and producing the metals that are essential to, you know, today's economy, uh, you know, we also invest heavily, you know, in our communities. And, and that's a really important piece of what we do. We take that very seriously. We want, we want the mines to be part of the community and we want the communities to take ownership of uh you know of of the mines if you will um and one of the things that we look at in our investments is to address one of the greatest risks that we have uh these days and that's that ability to uh, recruit and retain quality people and you know this we're not the only business that's having this this issue but uh it, it it's really hit us hard over over the last couple of years and so we're we're really working hard and, and heather has done a lot of this work with with uh, the team uh, the hr team out at green Creek to invest in in workforce development programs, not only here in Juneau, but around the state. And so maybe I'll kick it to you, Heather, to chat a little bit more about that. Yeah, so nope, I'd be happy to. So like Mike had mentioned, 
Um, we've kind of had to come up with some creative ways to really invest in our future, right? And and gain um, gain employees uh, in in the struggling workforce. And so I'll start like right here in Juneau. We work and have a great partnership with the University of Alaska Southeast. Um, we have a scholarship program with them, um, with a diesel program that allows us to give six students a year this diesel scholarship program. It's a two-year program and they walk out with their um, associate's degree afterwards. But during that time, we also provide them an internship and you know, we, we will actually successfully employ them upon, upon their successful graduation as well. Um, we also last year, or I guess in 2020, f funded the Environmental Endowment Fund with a donation of $300,000 uh, to support and sustain the environmental program um, at UAS. And we also do provide internships opportunities for environmental engineers as well. Um, and then we also sponsor the Intro to Mining and Occupations and Operations course that is offered every spring to high school students that kind of introduces them into the mining industry. And from there, um, the course includes lectures from our employees at Greens Creek and actually is concluded with a tour to the mine. And so since 2010, we have actually invested $1.8 million with UAS to help support and fund these scholarship programs. Okay. But then we also had to kind of look outside of Juno a little bit too and notice that we had like a need for mill rights within the mining industry. And we found um, Prince William Sound College up in Valdez that has an occupational endorsement for mill rights. And so we created a partnership with them around 2021 um, where we actually do a scholarship program. We pay for all of their schooling, room and board, give them a monthly living stipend. Um, we bring them on as interns during their time off school and then upon their sex successful graduation um, and, of course, passing pre-employment, we provide them full-time positions as well. And we've successfully employed three students from that college. Um, and then we've opened the door with Avtech. So Avtech, again, the diesel program and the electrical technologies program and setting up scholarship programs and intern programs, um, internship programs with them as well. And so, um, you know, kind of to capitalize on that even further, Mike talked a little bit about how important the community is to us. And so in 2022, we had we contributed $146,000 to various school activities and nonprofit organizations. And all of these are which our employees and children, family members and friends participate in. And so we're especially proud of the partnership that we have with the Angoon Youth Conservation Course and that's through a part with a partnership with the U.S. Forest Service um, and the program provides significant and valuable opportunities for the Alaska Native youth um, and positively affects the village of Angoon and so with that it positive positively impacts um, and extends across Admiralty Island with the restoration and conservation work that that youth accomplished through that program. And then not only are we really proud of how we're able to contribute back to our community, but the employees also um, contribute money out of their pocket as well. And so every year the employees raise $5,000 through a payroll deduct um, to the local Cancer Connection and Juno, and then we match that with an additional $5,000. So that's just some ways that we're really trying to, A, bring back our workforce, develop um, develop the workforce just for mining in general, and then um, continue to really support our community. 
there, there's no better time to if you have if you've ever had any interest in the mining industry. There's no better time than today to go to Hecla.com mm-hmm. and look for our career opportunities, uh, you know, page and see what opportunities are available at Greens Creek. So if you're out there listening and ever thought about entering the mining industry, we've got training programs, we've got jobs available. We look forward to having you on board. Yeah, and so one other thing that I. Um, without Mike and even entry-level positions, right? So we do have a really awesome partnership with the MAPS training program in Delta Junction, and they help us create underground miners. And these employees are brought in as entry-level employees, and we take we send them to a training school to develop that skilled trade in underground mining. And so in 2022, we had eight employees that we offered a full-time job to after they had finished that training course. So we are also creating um, opportunities for these people. Okay. I was going to say, if it wasn't for my uh, fear of caves, then I would <laughs> potentially be more intrigued by that. <laughs> yeah. Now, I want to make sure we did this as well, because it's, I feel like it's always important to do this. Obviously, there's going to be uh, NGOs, specifically in this circumstance, environmental NGOs, that will have concerns over the mine. I know one of those primary concerns is, is namely the fact that it is at a national monument. Now, they have that one, and then obviously there's be concerns about what if the tailings gets loose somehow from where it's stored. And so what is sort of your response to that? So, you know, we, we welcome, you know, anybody who wants to come to the table in good faith and, and express concerns about about the mine and how, you know, we can do things better. And, and you know, the, the permitting process, you know, whether it's this draft supplemental EIS or it's when our water uh, discharge permit comes up or or our bonding comes up for, for review, you know, public comment is welcomed, you know, at, at that time. But, you know, we do, we do um, and it's been in the news lately, you know, we do have some groups that have been consistent opposed to our presence on, on Admiralty Island and you know they're they're follow a bit of a playbook these days of every few years issuing a study that they conducted that says that there are significant impacts uh, to to the surrounding ecosystem at, at Greens Creek that, that need to be addressed and you know I guess what I, what I want to say to that is that you know we we have studied and we've sampled and studied the Greens Creek area the Hawk Inlet ecosystem for almost 40 years now um, you know through our uh, the permit requirements that are in place uh, through the various studies that we've had to do to be able to to expand our operations over time. This is probably one of the most studied areas uh, in southeast Alaska, you know, when you look at at the long-term time period that, that we've been operating there. And every time that the agencies have considered these these studies that are brought up by, by ENGOs who don't want us to exist, Every single time they have not found any statistical significance in their data. They have not found that there's any risk uh, to, uh, you know, any substantial risk to Hawk Inlet, to our surrounding ecosystem. And we also work with them over the years to continually improve our environmental performance. And all of our, our environmental performance is public record. It can be found at the state of Alaska's large mine permitting website. There's a Greens Creek tab there. And every single annual report that we have ever put out, all of our, you know, 40, 40 years of sampling is there and you basically can see and it says so in the draft supplemental EIS that metal concentrations in seawater sediments and invertebrate tissues in Hawk Inlet were generally consistent with or lower than other local regional and national values indicating that the mine is not significantly affecting the Hawk Inlet ecosystem so the Forest Service, the EPA, Alaska DEC, Alaska DNR, all the regulatory agencies have reviewed the, our data. They've reviewed third-party data, and they say, we, we are a good neighbor. We're doing the right thing out there. Have we had impacts? Yes. Have we addressed those impacts when they've been found? Yes. And we look forward to really working in partnership with our agencies and in partnership with our neighbors as we go forward. 
Okay. Hearing that, it almost makes you wonder if maybe one of the ways that that could be, when they have those concerns when it comes to studies, it could be addressed as if there, if third-party sort of scientists were involved. Folks that aren't really affiliated with either group come in and do those studies. Maybe that would sort of play a role in maybe helping negotiate things there. But that, and I will admit that's just a conjecture on my part. That's just as someone who has a science background, maybe that might help in that circumstance if you have that other third party. Because it's, it's like when you do a peer review. You always have someone go back over your work because that's what you want to do to make sure everything looks good. So our, our peer reviewers are our regulatory agencies. Uh, and, and like I said, EPA, Forest Service, DEC, DNR, they're constantly reviewing our data when they have questions. Uh, and if there's issues, we, we dive into it. So, so that, that peer review is there from, from the U.S. government. We look forward to, to working with them. And we look forward to the public uh, you know, weighing in on our proposals. And just a reminder that you can go to greenscreekpermitting.com to get all the information you need. You can show up tonight at the Forest Service uh, uh, office on, on Back Loop Road there from 6 to 8 p.m. to find out more about the project and, and find out out from the regulators, not just us, but from the regulators, what we're trying to do, what the impacts might be, and then you can make your own decision about uh, about the input that you want to provide into the process. All righty. Well, we are actually running a little over time. I'd like to thank you both for coming on. I think it's a good conversation to have, especially when we're talking about mines and obviously everyone has environmental concerns. So I think it's good to have these conversations. Awesome. Well, thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It's great. You've been listening to Action Line on KINY.